you say this uh, this lady's last name? Lori. Oh, uh, I forgot what her. It's K I E J I L C H E S. Kajilkis. Kajilkis. It's Russian. Kajilak. <laughs> Go by her nickname, Hot Pantsalina. Hot Pantsalina. So Laura and I watched the Pretty Dangerous episode of this. And the guy who for like the first 20 minutes of the show isn't explained who he is. The first thing that you see and he says is like, Elena was known as Hot Pants Elena. And it's like, who? Who called her that? Us around the office. (laughs) Yeah. And that one guy who I couldn't figure out if his toupee was falling off or if that was just his hair and it hadn't been brushed aside. Like, yeah, I was just like, oh, these people. I just love it's almost kind of sad. Just this. The whole documentary episode was just men who just obviously hate their own bodies. And so and they've just grown up in a society where men are valued for their money and not their personality or looks. So they were just like, oh, well, Elena obviously married her husband because, you know, not because he was a fat piece of shit, but because he was rich. It's like, oh, okay, great. (laughs) It was really sad because it was like a case of mean men. They're just talking shit about each other like mean girls. Yeah. (laughs) And then he was like, he was like 80 pounds overweight, hairy, sweaty, disgusting. Why would she marry that? Yeah. <laughs> and also, it's like, you know, I'm sure he was an asshole, but also, you know, he's a victim. So it's like, you know, hey, let's let's not like go too far. Oh, well, the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, I know. Right. In my in my experience, that's a very Italian-American uh, attribute. Well, it was uh, the Celtics place in New York. So there you go. that exists. <laughs> So let's, okay, so just to, to clue everybody else in, today we're talking about Elena Kiljike. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hot pan. Maiden name unknown. She immigrated to the U.S. from Russia and in 1992, at the age of 28, married a successful businessman, Boris Kiljike. <laughs> Boris was, I feel like my voice has to go low every time I say the last name. Kiljikis. You sound like you're like walking out the door while you're saying the name. It's like Boris Kiljikis. <laughs> that's the that's what Russians do. You know, they like to leave the scene very yeah. quietly. Yeah. <laughs> Boris was also a Russian immigrant and 15 years Elena's senior, putting him at 43 years old at the time of their marriage. Oh. Boris was a successful businessman. He had made his fortune in jet fuel, and he was worth an estimated $3 million and supposedly had ties to the Russian mob. Oh. I didn't believe that. It's not that I did. I was skeptical of that at first because at first it just seemed like something in that Pretty Dangerous episode where they obviously added for, you know, cinematic effect or whatever. But it is interestingly hard to find information on him even after his death. Like, even huh. memorials, like his find a grave is gone. It's been removed. It was once there, and now it's been removed, which is like, that's a little fishy. Yeah, that is fishy. That does seem like a mob thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, no. He never existed. Can we also talk about 
I might be in varying into dangerous territory here, but can we talk about how annoying it is that when Russian immigrants act like they're the ones who like created immigration? Like, have you ever met a Russian immigrant who's come to New York? They act like they're the first people in the world to think of New York as as the place and that they were the first people to try to get there. I mean, I one time rode a, ta- a very long taxi with this Russian guy who was like, yeah, I got here and, you know, no, nobody understands when I, when you do legal immigration, it's a lot harder. And it's like, okay, buddy. Like, <laughs> I think Russians are like that. In New York, I think Haitians are also like that in New York. It, it, it really depends. I mean, there's different rungs, neighborhoods where that is like a big thing. Crown Heights, that's a big thing with Haitians. Williamsburg used to be a big place with Russians and Eastern Europeans for that. And yeah, it was one of those things where it's like, <laughs> you know, you walk in the house, there's beets. And, you know, <laughs> for some reason there's like wooden crates of beets. I don't know where you got them, but they're going to tell us all about the trip over there and uh but I mean, again i guess I think that's just a new york thing in particular with with immigrants russians and nicaraguans we get along very well that's cool yeah there's something in like the blood and the pain and <laughs> the whole fuck the government kind of mentality while also combined with a very hard worth work ethic that's just like okay we get it yeah, yeah. so so I don't have a fucking problem with beats all around the house. If you want to have beats all around the house or whatever you stereotype you guys want to assign. I didn't say it was a bad thing. <laughs> Lori did. Just I just saying, noticed it. <laughs> as a German, Russians are known to be. Oh, no. Hey, start off any sentence with as a German and we're going to check out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know it. You guys dress nicely and all the other stuff. Uh, Russians are known to be very shifty. When it comes to <laughs> what? Jesus, Stop dude. it! People can isolate what you say in these podcasts. All right. What? Boris and Elena had two kids. <laughs> I said defend. Russians. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We I know. just want to make it's sure it's the Germans who are. <laughs> I know. That's what. That was the whole point of the joke. <laughs> it didn't sound like a joke. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, what what's bad is that this case isn't helping anybody, like no. on either side of this. So, <laughs> Boris and Elena had two kids, a boy and a girl, and the family lived a lavish life together at a five thousand five hundred square foot home, four bedroom, four and a half bathroom. I looked it up on Realtor dot com. It's really nice, but kind of old looking now. Like it's cheesy. It's definitely Staten Island esque, where it stands today. Oh, it's in Staten Island? Uh, it's in Staten Island. Uh. The house is specifically at 91 East Loop Road in an upscale neighborhood known as Todd Hill. Todd Ooh. Hill? Is it Todd? T-O-D-E-T. Todd. Todd oh, Hill. Oh, I was really hoping it was Todd Hill. T-O-D-E-T. No, it's Todd Hill. Todd Hill in Shaolin. <laughs> Ooh. Their marriage... Sounded pretty sad. It was just like a sad in terms of like he was out of town like three weeks out of a month on business. So she was bored all the time. But she had all this money. And but she was also a bitch. Like she freely admitted. She's like women. Women do not like me. Like so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's one of those. One of those. She's one of those. <laughs> 
<laughs> remember we used to go on dates with girls and they'd be like, girls don't like me. And I'd be like, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. Guys don't like you that much either. <laughs> yeah. Let's go yeah. longer. They also talked about how beautiful she was. And she's like, she's like a pretty tall blonde lady, but it's like, she wasn't like captivating. No. But. Yeah, you know, the, I find that to be the case like a lot of the time. Whenever there's a case where the the person's like she was stunning, it's like, eh, well, she's like really in today's standards, she's like a six. I gotta be also. I feel like I have a very, I have a conspiracy theory that they say throughout this whole entire uh, thing that she's really good at sex. And in my opinion, people <laughs> who are really good at sex are not that not like hot. They're just like okay looking. You know, so it's like, you know, I think that's probably, you know, I think it's just like she she made her bones in the bedroom sort of thing. But the person saying that never had sex with her. The person saying that, as we'll learn later, is like is the former ADA who was brought on by her family to like investigate the case. So what does he know? He's the same guy that called her hot pants. He's just assigning her as a slut. Oh, because. We got to talk about these asshole people, the, the detective and the ADA, who are like the most sexist, racist people. I was just like, you guys aren't even trying to hide it. Like, you're not even trying to, like, pretend that you're not sexist and racist. No, they have <sighs> the they're very much old school New York. Yeah. TV movie characters of like, hey, she was hot, but, you know, <laughs> she just wanted his money. And then their mustaches flutter in the wind and the little four hairs that they have flutter. <laughs> Old school East Coast is, it's another thing altogether. I mean, they say the most fucked up shit, but at the end of the day, they're like, I don't fucking hate anybody. It's funny. It's really, I thought, I thought the cops were hilarious. Yeah. Oh, honestly. I, they were, they were funny, but they were funny in that way where you're like, I don't want you around my children kind of thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> so this it's great <laughs> it's so fucking awesome so because of their um strange relationship elena also said that the sex between the two was very rare eight years into their marriage in 1998 elena elena found herself at a stoplight in manhattan as she waited the man in the car next to hers noticed her and she him <laughs> he was 25 year old messiah justice <laughs> jesus christ a supposed rapper with already a dozen crimes on his record messiah and elena exchanged numbers while at the stoplight before going their separate ways see a black guy no messiah justice he was a uh <laughs> he was Modest Yahoo's brother. Yeah, he was Modest Yahoo, yeah. <laughs> you never know. My favorite thing is that his full name, it, that's his real name, Messiah Justice Bottoms. Oof. Yeah, there's a lot to <laughs> unpack there. I also like to uh, uh, point out how this is a real attribute to how terrible uh, traffic is in New York, that these two people yeah. were able to have a full conversation and exchange <laughs> numbers. <laughs> and they were... They were neck and neck with each other the entire time. Absolutely. They were waiting for like at least four cycles of that stoplight. Because you know they didn't get the phone number down on the first try. What's your number? Huh? (laughs) What? What's your number? Huh? Digits. 
I, I, I also definitely feel 917. like 917. <laughs> I also feel like she's one of those people who's like, okay, it's 917, 438. It's like, what the hell are you doing? I've never heard anyone do that. That's insane. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've that, heard people do that on the phone. Yeah. Well, oh, really? When I work customer service, you would have people. Kevin James has a bit about it, which that just shows you how common it is. Uh, is that he like people be like, all right, here, here's my number. It's uh, don't three. repeat Kevin James's bit. It's not going to sound as good. I know. But they would like <laughs> blend the numbers together. They'd be like, it's three eight hundred and fifty two. Zero zero twenty one. It's like what? I don't even know if those are the right amount of numbers. Yeah. So. I bet what happened is that they were at a light together. He looks over her. She looks over him. They start eye fucking, and then they're like, "All right." And she drives up. He fucking races to make sure that that they get to the next stoplight. He rolls out the window. They start talking for a second. They do it again, and then he gets a number. I think this is what Cash has done before. That is not true. <laughs> uh. Honestly, though, it's still better than online dating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? I, I think that's what I'm going to start telling people st- how Star and I met. We met, we were in a taxi. I was in an, op- an Uber. She was in an Uber. And then we exchanged numbers. So we met on Tinder. And I you're saying it, you're going with person. a taxi? Yeah. Well, who was driving? Somebody else. It was an Uber. Oh, yeah. I was. Get Uber pool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We met an Uber pool. There we go. That's how I'm going to start spinning it for now. (laughs) This is how I'll lie. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's how I like to do it. I like to set up the lie before I tell people. The listeners, uh, now you know. know. (laughs) That's how they met, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Pass it on. So shortly after, they began a long affair. Mm. Elena showered Messiah with gifts and money, um, including three cell phones. Oh, shit. Yeah, 90, oh. in the 90s? That's pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Those were huge. <laughs> Those were- they were literally huge. <laughs> 1998? Yeah, 98. They started in 90, like at the end of 98, and then went into 99. Yeah. No, that's the year of the cell phone. Fuck yeah, Nokia's. What's up? Yeah, my mom was that had the Razor. Razor came after little Nokia's. My mom had one of those the first cell phones where the battery is. You had to like sling it over. It was like a carry on, and it had Oof. like it was like an actual phone. It was crazy. <laughs> I used to carry it around with me and pretend that I was taking important phone calls at school. <laughs> <laughs> Girls didn't like me. <laughs> but the boys were always calling. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. It didn't matter. <laughs> she also gave him two cash gifts: one for fifty thousand dollars, and the other one for thirty-five thousand dollars, which Messiah used to buy jewelry. Nice. I like that. I guess it's an investment. You could still always resell jewelry. I like the way that's phrased. I'm just going to start saying I'm giving people cash gifts instead of I'm giving you $20. <laughs> cash gift does sound pretty good. Yes. Yeah. Sounds pre- yeah, pretty classy. Yeah. That's what she would say. I'm giving you cash gift. Yeah. When I go to, <laughs> when I go to El Pollo Loco today, I'm going to say, here's the cash gift of $20. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> when you get convicted of the crime that you're going to commit, and you will. 
we'll, we'll, we'll have all those like pundits in the uh, crime documentaries be like, Lori was very generous. She often gave a lot of people cash gifts. Aww. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, she brutally murdered her neighbor. Um. Messiah would even stay over at their house at 91 East Loop Road whenever Boris was away on business. Oh, oh shit. Remember, they have two kids. What do they say? Nothing. Wow. <laughs> the affair went on for 18 months. Yow! Although, in the pretty dangerous episode, Elena's like, it was not affair. It was just sex. Yeah. But it's, that's not true. Because they were so outright about it that Elena even hung out with Messiah in Brighton Beach in Brooklyn, a predominantly Russian community. Mm-hmm. Word did often get back to Boris about Elena being seen with another man. But it wasn't until Boris also found out about the money, the cash gifts, <laughs> his money, technically, that she gave to her lover over like, that he decided he was going to punish her for all of this. That's ballsy that they went to fucking Brighton Beach. That's very ballsy. I mean, go to Brownsville, go to anywhere where there's not a lot of Russian people, and you'll be fine. But she's just like, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. And with ties to the Russian mob, it's like people are always watching you. People are always watching, like, the wives especially. Oof. Yeah. Apparently in the, in the documentary series, they said that when he, she would introduce people, she would say that he was very well endowed. <laughs> Which I love. One, and one and one of the guys, I think the save the the former ADA was like super jealous about it. Really, yeah, you could tell. <laughs> he could you tell. could tell. He, the same hot pants, dude. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> he, he definitely had a micro penis or something going on because he really fixated on it. He was like, yeah, it was very well endowed. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was a. Uh, he was what they call peck. That's why she was with him. Clearly, I, we really recommend that episode. It's free on Amazon. So it's great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> um, where was I? It reminds me of when my friend Jeremy took used to take pictures of his penis. I guess he was just like, I just like knowing what it looks like. And I was like, I don't know why you need to keep that on your phone, but okay. But I would take his phone and I would take pi the pictures of his penis and I would go around to people and be like, hey, you want to see a picture of Jeremy's niece? And I would show him their <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking awesome that's, that's right, right up my alley man that's great <laughs> <laughs> that's some awesome shit but the funniest part of all of it is i never looked i never looked at his penis i would always just face it and so then i was like i, I just don't i didn't want the magic to be broken i was wanting to just <laughs> imagine what his penis looked like so boris confronted Elena and threatened her with divorce and told her that he would never give her another dime. That was in March of 2000. And I think they were fighting for a while. Later that month, in March 28th, while the married couple was together in the basement of their home, Boris was shot in the head and died. Wow. According to Elena, that night, Messiah came to their house with gun in hand. He instructed them to go downstairs to the basement 
and then immediately shot Boris in the head. He then forced her to assist him in putting the body and the carpet that blood had gotten on in the trunk of Boris's own Mercedes. Elena then said that Messiah went with her to order new carpet for the room. They did that together. According to Messiah, he received a call from Elena, who pleaded for him to come over around 3 in the morning. Did, and when she answered the door, her hands were covered in blood. She led him down to the body of her husband and said to him that she would always protect him, but that right now she needed his help in getting rid of the body. Messiah says that he agreed, and together they bound Boris's hands and feet, wrapped him up in the carpet that, was, that he had blood around, and then in curtains, and then put the body in a vehicle. The next day, Elena left with her two kids to Orlando's Walt Disney World. <laughs> While there, phone records show she called Messiah over 100 times. That's a lot of calls. Yeah. Even if you're trying to make sure that it's been done, it's like 100 calls. And from a hotel. So it's uh, going to look extra suspicious. It was super dumb. Also, the, they charged out the yin-yang for out-of-state calls. So that's crazy that she would make all those calls. Yeah, from Orlando to New York. Why yeah. go to Disney World? Just go to Action Park. <laughs> <laughs> so close. What's it called? Traction Park? Or... Uh, <laughs> no. What was it? Class Action Park? Class Action Park. It's a I've great never, documentary. I've never been there, but I'm going to say no. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's a great documentary on that. It was like produced by Johnny Knoxville, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. It's really great. It's really great. It's, it's a horrible place. It's like a Raging Waters type place where kids got hurt because it wasn't functional. Oh, great. Good. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. The Disneyland of the Northeast. <laughs> <laughs> A separate phone call included ordering new carpet for the basement area from the hotel. So this is this is her this is her like little I, I don't know what the term is, but this is the tiny thing. This is the little thing that would give her away because in her statement, I think when she's talking about the carpet, it's like Messiah's not going to care about the carpet no. that much. And you seem to talk about the carpet every chance you get. For your house, that is also immaculate. Yeah. That's yeah, where she, I would have been like, huh? Even she, though the whole thing is pretty obvious. Oh, yeah. She made it seem like he was like threatening her and was like, you better fucking pick out some carpet. All right, we're going to the store. You better get a shaggy carpet. It better be cobalt blue or I'm going to shoot you in the fucking head. It's like, why would he care? <laughs> yeah, why would Messiah care? The fuck is this? Eggshell? Yeah. <laughs> Bitch, I will fuck you up. You know there are nine shades of black. <laughs> you be not, better not pick onyx. That makes the room look smaller. <laughs> You're so stupid, Lori. So while Elena was at Disney World, Messiah took the billionaire's body to an abandoned building in Queens, stuffed it in a barrel, which he then dropped in the water of the Brighton Beach neighborhood. Like right there. But 
they think that the the investigators think that the logic was that if his body washed ashore in Brighton Beach, then people would just assume that it was a mob killing. Oh, okay. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah, it's the smartest part of this so far, I guess. Elena, while she was at Disney World, she would receive calls from the kid's grandmother. And Elena would pretend that Boris was in the other room. Like, she would be like, Boris, your mother is on the phone. I can't talk right now. <laughs> he is busy. <laughs> Call back uh, later. He is hugging Donald Duck. He's, uh... <laughs> oh, gosh, he fell down on toilet. <laughs> Got to go. <laughs> what a horrible place to be. Like, if you're, you've already killed somebody and you're trying to get away with it. Because you know you're going to try and, like, enjoy yourself at Disney World. And there's fun stuff to do. Yeah. Oh. So you're on a ride and you're like, oh, this is great. Oh, wait. I killed somebody. Oh, shit. Oh, oh see. Turkey leg. You're all throwing if- up on yourself. <laughs> it's if-, if you watch the documentary, she doesn't seem as, like, kind like that. She doesn't seem like she's wrecked with guilt. In fact, I would no. even go so far as to say that she probably to herself is like, what do you do after you kill your husband? You go to Disney World. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was very merry about it. Even yeah. now as she sits in jail in prison. She's pretty she's pretty like I'm I would never do such a thing. And if I did, I would celebrate. Yeah. I did not celebrate, okay? I took the kids to Disney World. That is that, that is not celebration for me, okay? That is work for me. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> what would I do for a clown like Bar? Well I <laughs> Kill my, Kill my husband, husband. Maybe. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Jesus. <laughs> so Elena returned to New York a week later, and she was immediately questioned by the friends and family about her missing husband. Instead of answering any of their questions, she drunk herself into a stupor mm-hmm. and finally went to go file a missing persons report with the police. <laughs> at, fir- at first, she was a mess, and she even curled into the fetal position on the station floor. <laughs> nice. There's a movie out right now called, I think it's called Breaking News in Yuma County. It's with Allison Janney. Hey, we just saw that. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. That's kind of like, except for drinking. But she essentially just gets herself in a tizzy and is like, my husband's missing. Yes. <laughs> it's a great movie. Yeah. I just love that she's like, I'm not going to do anything about it, but my husband is missing and I definitely didn't kill him. She told the police that Boris had left in the middle of the night and had never traveled with them to Disneyland. Oh. Once the police started their investigation, Elena changed her tune and refused to cooperate with police and lawyered up. That's the ticket. Boris's family hired former ADA, our favorite guy, Raymond Grunewald to help find Boris and pursue the case because his body hadn't been found at this point. Yeah. One month after, on April 25th, Boris's body was found in a barrel that had floated up in Jamaica Bay. Where's Jamaica Bay? That's in Queens. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, because they said it was like it went from one beach to the other. Yeah, yeah. She was really mad about (laughs) how it had only traveled from one beach to the other. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she was like, it did not go into ocean. It was supposed to go into ocean. It went from one beach to the other. 
<laughs> I just imagine like somebody following the barrel, just like look at this, it's just traveling. <laughs> yeah. One of her minions has like a long stick and he's just yeah. like walking along the ocean side, just like mm. sticking. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so after the discovery of the body, police arrested both Messiah and Elena. Messiah immediately told the police everything he knew and cut a deal for his trial. Oh yeah. I mean what I love is that she was so... The only times you saw her get any, any bit upset is that he had the audacity to claim that she was involved. Like, she was like, I, know, I didn't know what he was doing. I never knew what he was doing. <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? I mean, they were definitely going to roll on each other at some point. Absolutely. It, was like, it didn't even take time. I'm sure he was telling them, like, as the cuffs were being put on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why not? He shouldn't go down for her. I mean, he did something wrong. He's a shitty guy, too, but, I mean. He's like, oh, man. All right, what had happened was. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Police theorize that Boris had been sleeping in the separate bedroom located in the basement since things were not well between the couple. When he came in, Elena had already, had already been waiting in the closet that night, and she shot him. And then called Messiah for help. With Messiah's testimony at trial and all of the physical evidence, Elena was sentenced to 22 years to life for second-degree murder. She is serving them at New York's Bedford Hills Correctional Facility. Her last appeal was denied in 2011, and she will be eligible for parole in June 2024. Messiah received two years for tampering with evidence. But he is still very much in and out of jail. Currently, he seems to enjoy the Salt Lake City's accommodations. He's been arrested for parole violations four times in the last three years. Oh, Messiah. <laughs> and he had his last hearing in January 2021. So last month. as this recording. Yeah. Wow. Wow. He even had one arrest in Australia where he had used another identity and gotten arrested under that identity for possession of cocaine. And then he got arrested here for using false identities. So oh. he's busy. He's a, working, he's a working rapper. He's not a rapper. I could not find a single SoundCloud link, a single YouTube video, a Spotify, anything. So if he, if Messiah, if you're really a rapper and you're out there, you need to get a digital footprint going. Get it going. Yeah, huh. it's not the '90s anymore. No one cares about CDs. But or just change your name to Messiah the Rapper. So you know, there yeah. you go. I think so. one of those exists, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's who he is now. Yeah. I mean, cassettes are coming back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What if he no. rebrands? What if he rebrands to Justice Bottoms? Justice yeah. Bottoms. He could be yeah. a, a country singer. That's or a drag queen. <laughs> yeah, or a drag queen. That could be his next. Jean Apparel. That's true, yeah. He a could start queen. his own clothing line. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could be all these things, you know? The world is open, Justice. Just, uh, you know, stop doing crimes and start, you know, living your full potential. Stop violating your parole all the time. Just, like, don't for a bit. It's your world, honey. You own everything. Opulence. That's it. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for Maria for doing the research per usual. Thank you, Cash, for being our resident guest. Please check Thank us you. out at Bloody Podcast on social media. Uh, we are on Instagram and TikTok, I believe. And please check us out at bloodypodcast.com. That's our website uh, where you can find links to where we are streaming. We are available on all streaming platforms. Tell your friends if they're like, oh, I don't, ha- I don't have an iPhone. Be like, well, first off, suck a dick. And secondly, we are available on all streaming platforms. So, Oh, and the 100th episode special coming up will be Marie Laveau. The Patreons Ooh. voted, so that's who it'll be. Voodoo Priestess Marie Laveau. That episode is going to be full of awesome impressions. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and some not-so-awesome ones. <laughs> Which ones? Tune in to find out. Yeah. It's going to be a Cash doing all impressions and me adding on later and not contributing at all. Yes! Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Stay safe. Bye.